result of a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you do know, of course, if we do the, the intro here, we you, you do a bit of an intro. Yeah, yeah. We could be losing out on pounds. Pounds? Well, more specifically, dollars. Oh, tell me more. Well, apparently, all we'd need to do is completely transfer our podcast over to an entirely different podcast, and they will put adverts on 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 the podcast. Oh, I see. They don't see. understand that we have a sponsor most weeks. Oh yeah, like we, we really don't need help getting sponsors. You would think they would know that if they listened to our show. Yeah, they 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 don't seem to understand that. that I mean, one of the features they they tout is that. Membership tiers that you yeah. can do, like that they don't understand that that already exists on my Patreon. Well, exactly. I, they don't seem to understand that, and uh, you know, Look, we, I'm already paying for for a yeah, SoundCloud. We we already have some of the leading uh, sponsorships in the business. We've got sponsors. Nobody else is getting the sponsors we're getting. No one. No exactly. one else. No one else gets the inside scoop from all of these people. <laughs> no one else is gonna get. Me literally can't think of any of, of the sponsors <laughs> we've ever had ever. Uh, but like, like, imagine that. This you're at here. If it's a product either of us care about, and you seem to understand what we do, <laughs> and we actually care about it, and would actually use it. I mean, and we're not just mindlessly. Look, there is one sponsor that won't stop sending me messages, and I have been real tempted by it. There's the yeah. there's one where I'm like. Maybe, 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 maybe they've not got me yet, though. Are the boxes by your shins uh, any, any uh, indicators? <laughs> I mean, look, there's a little bit of me that's like, I could maybe, I could maybe do that. Wouldn't be the worst one. <laughs> well, <laughs> suffice to say, I won't be uh, immediately moving to move the whole podcast over to an entire different uh, well, podcasting network. Exactly, we're doing all right here. Whatever sponsor we're going to have this week... We didn't need a exactly. different podcast I'm, network to get them. I'm sure they'll actually pay our bills this month, probably, <sighs> maybe. <laughs> anyway, should we start a podcast? Probably. Yeah. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women have a bit of a catch-up about our weeks and talk about the various bits of media we've put into our various sensory organs. I put things in my eyes, put things in my ears, all sorts of I things. I wondered where you were going to go with that. I thought we were going to get sockets at one point. <laughs> our various I, sensory... I, I hope you leave the, the slight pause in the edit, because yeah. like I... I was like, I, I have no word other than organs. I feel like there's a better, a sensory something. Nope, it's going to be organs. Receptacles would have worked, I think. <laughs> well, let's start with... What's in your entertainment receptacle this well, week? let's start with the gaming entertainment receptacle. What have you, <laughs> what have you played this what week? What have I played this week? Well, uh, we played a couple of games of Great Western Trail. Yes, uh, second edition Great Western second Trail. Edition. This is that board game that... You, the, you befriend cows and yeah. you take them on a little walk and you help them go on the train. Yeah, and definitely play the second edition more and rather than the first because the. I mean, the second edition has its own problems. It does, but it's got less problems than the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the first edition is aggressively bad. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed replaying this. Mm -hmm. Um, 
One thing you said before we started playing was that, uh, according to, I think it was reviews or people you'd seen talking about it, all of the various things you can spec into can be effective at winning the game. Can be. Um, because like the first time we played this, I played as uh, I I went very heavily into the cowboys, and heavy 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 cow buying strategy. all of the cows for cheap, and yeah. um, completely went the other way this time. I yeah. I specced fully into the builders and tried to. There just... were a lot of builders out. It made sense to grab them. Yeah, and the builders are very effective if yeah. you can if you. It it really feels like a game that. It snowballs when you max out to top level one of the three classes. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, like with the builder, I was doing a lot of this building gets me an ability and moves me a space so I can get that space's ability and move a space and like trying to chain mm-hmm. multiple things. Yeah. It was working out real nice. Yeah, it was real good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you're enjoying it more now? Now um, that we've got it under four hours? Yes. <laughs> I feel like that first game very much dragged because there was a real sense of I don't know fundamentally what I'm trying to do. A lot of analysis paralysis. Yes. A lot of I'm trying to make the perfect move without fully understanding the game state, so I don't know the right move to make. Um, But yeah, we got it down to what? Probably 90 minutes? Yeah, 90 minutes both times, I think. Yeah, and that game is considerably more enjoyable when it's more pacey. Yes, even when I've lost by a considerable margin, I I am happier now that it's, like, 90 yeah. minutes. I don't feel like that's my whole, like, day off gone. <laughs> yeah, having, like, four hours go to I absolutely lost and felt like I was losing for a while, mm. I can't imagine fun. No. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, um... I enjoy it. Uh, I, I, I like the sort of... Diff- like we talked about the different strategies you can do um the way the board changes like because you have these seven random tiles that mm. are laid at all the major intersections yeah. uh but they can be in any order and then you've got your your own tiles which can be either side up mm. and that obviously you know where you decide to go with that can can really change things uh yeah and it, so the i think the first game we played all side a the second game mm. I played was all side A's, and then the third and fourth time, we've just flipped one set and yeah. gone, okay, it's... This one's on A, ones? this is in B, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that game has a lot more variation than I expected, and I really want to try going all in on the Engineer, which is the one that like I haven't tried doing that with, and I can't currently see... Mm exactly how that would work and but again neither did i with the builder so much until i started doing it is the thing yeah i suspect the engineer would be one where it's mostly about getting right to the end of the track and getting coins for that yeah and i imagine as much as that it's probably about not stopping at a lot of places along the way around the board and doing a lot of trying to loop the board so you're getting to as many of those spaces that your train can visit as possible. Yeah, and also getting a lot of the points from the uh, the siding stations. Yeah, yeah. Because it... I think, yeah, those siding stations in particular are probably what the engineer benefits from because every space on the engineer track has a bonus on it. Mm. So if you put engineers on those spaces, that takes engineer off, but it opens up that reward to get again, and I yeah. imagine that's probably some of the interplay. First game we played, I I got quite a lot of engineers, and there was a few times when it was like, 
oh, I did this thing, but then I used that engineer by putting them in a station, yeah. and then I got to do that bonus again. So there, yeah. there was that advantage that was that was quite nice. Yeah, I feel like leaning into that, there probably is a strategy that like would become apparent pretty quick. And there's a whole mini module that we haven't even tried yet with the orange cows that oh. get more mature the more times you take them around camp. Yeah, you, you buy them for cheap, and they're worth fewer points, but they mature, and they become more as you, as you keep them, and they yeah. seem adorable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, also, all the cows are they're pretty cows. They're pretty cows. Pretty cows. Yeah. And you get to know all the cow friends. <laughs> yeah. What else have you played? Uh, well, I've been playing a piece of uh, free, a free update, free little DLC thing that got released for Inscription called Casey's Mod. Um, so Inscription, I've talked about it before. It is that um, TCG game, that trading card game that is also sort of a horror narrative fourth wall breaky thing mm. um casey's mod on the surface is more of a traditional tcg roguelike it is play with these mechanics without like ah you completed a run therefore we're moving to different mechanics it's nope you're in the cabin you're doing a tcg building your deck doing de uh, deck building runs and then starting over when you fail there's much like something like Hades, there are optional difficulty things you can put on, but that will unlock mm -hmm. rewards if you succeed with those challenges applied. Okay. Um, there is a bunch of new content added into that mode. Like, there are new kinds of encounters you can have along the path through the world. Um, a good example is, for anyone who's played Inscription, the main game, there is a... a green goo creature in a jug in a in a jar with a cork in the top oh, yeah. um you can have an encounter on the board where you put you show him a card and he tries his very best to paint a copy of that card for you that's usually a little bit worse but it's basically the same card right. um so you get his sort of knockoff it'll usually be like it has one less health uh, or one less damage or something mm -hmm. but like there's lots of little things added. There's new cards that you can add into the card sets. And on its surface, it seems to just to be, hey, did you enjoy these mechanics? Here's just general roguelike stuff. It definitely seems like there's more plot and that there is entirely other plot stuff going on here. And it might it might Ooh. also do the thing and start changing a little bit. Um, I've already had at least one moment where I'm like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Just just a regular roguelike here. Um, but like not a lot of that. It feels a lot more here is just a straight challenging roguelike with those deck building mechanics. Mm. And I'm very much enjoying that because I really enjoy the card gaming mechanics oh, yeah. in Inscription. And I'm very happy to have an excuse to just be able to play a few rounds of that. Yeah. And have it be a more randomised experience. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things are like It'll change around the order of bosses and some of the boss mechanics and things like there's there's a lot of reshuffling of content to keep it feeling fresh. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What about memes? Yeah. Oh, I played a game I've been very excited for a very long time. You did? Yeah, I played Hyperbolica because <gasps> that came out finally. Yeah. 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 Uh... It's fine. <laughs> um, so Hyperbolica was, uh, I, I think I stumbled along it, uh, upon it on YouTube while looking for um, 
like four dimensional space yeah. and non Euclidean space stuff in, um, VR. in VR. Yeah. Uh, or in like first person yeah. games. Um, obviously, that brought up like things like the false perspective stuff and the, the mm. weirdness stuff from. Um, Begins with an S. I can't remember what it's called. With the chess pieces. Uh, super liminal. Super liminal. Sorry, I was also having a moment there. <laughs> yes. It reminds me a bit, uh, uh, like, sort of things like, around that yeah. time, a lot of this stuff was getting churned up again. I was like, cool, I'll, I'll look into that. And there was sort of things like the, the map making of, how do you make uh, art assets that don't look completely weird when you are on, like, in, in projected space? So mm. things are slightly too slightly bigger than they should be yeah or on a very small globe technically <laughs> uh or even when you're inside the globe and the you know 12 feet that way is actually now the other side of the world that is directly above you and some somehow larger because yeah. it's projected rather than yeah it's it's fascinating to wander around in I, I had, because I played it on stream and a lot of people in chat were like, nope, I don't like it. The, the impression I get from what I've seen of it is that it's either not enough of a game or too much of a game. I can see how you'd get there. Um, it's it's weird because so it, it basically you start, you meet this, you're in class and you sort of fall asleep while this teacher is very droning on about something yeah you then wake up in this weird hyperbolic world and there's this robot friend and they're like hey uh you you fell asleep in class huh if you fall asleep while you're attached to this thing you come to this weird space and there's a whole bunch of us here welcome to hyperbolica go have a look around meet some people go and see some things and there's like um like a town hall area that you sort of wander around it's like there's more corners of street here than there should be. This feels like it should be a right angle, but it's 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 not. And um, then you sort of like you find your way into a um a cafe, which again mm. is like oh okay, there's like over there is is also like the um none of the walls there there's no corners. Yes. So the walls just they're straight lines, but there can be no parallel lines. So they get closer and closer and closer and infinitely far away. So you can't walk any further into them because you exist in yeah. space, but they never touch. <laughs> it... <sighs> it's fascinating I... art-wise um, yes. to look at. And I was, you know, fangirling over all the... Yeah. Uh, like, because at one point you go around an art installation thing and mm. there's like a claim bottle and a few other things. Yeah. And I gushed about that to chat yeah. and stuff, and that was nice. But the, the, then they were like... So there's one bit where you have to um, encourage a bunch of gophers. Oh. With the biggest, with the biggest uh, mm. quotation marks there. You get given a, a, a weapon of sorts, and you are basically stunning a bunch of gophers who are um, stopping the crops from growing, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's like, cool. There's eight of them, I think, and uh, it's in that world I was talking about where, like, you are inside, like, the sphere and and far away is bigger, but further away. It's like, ah, they're very small targets, so obviously you go to the other side of the the thing to to where the gopher hole is, and then you shoot. But the gun is so slow, 
in its movement, uh, yes, it shows off the whole, ah, the thing gets smaller as it gets further away, and then it gets vast as it gets towards the other side. Yeah. But also, the like, I sat there for, like, a couple of minutes at a time for some of them, just like, I'm waiting for it to randomly pop out of the hole. I'm just going to keep tapping this. Oh, I stopped tapping it at just the wrong moment. It looked up. It looked away again. I missed it. I've got to keep shooting. It, it, There's a bit later on where you've got to uh, unite uh, two factions. The uh, the faction who believe that the milk should go in first and the people that believe the cereal should go in first. Mm, is this the one where one of them seems like it's maybe based on a real world... Uh... Um, it's not... Or... So the the fact that it's set in a frozen tundra area yeah. and one almost one of the first characters turns around and goes, ah, if there's going to be a war, I'm glad it's a cold war. And it's like, y- yeah. oh, no, this That's... is not the time for that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that you have to, like, go and find the people to talk to. And people are very hard to find when there are no straight lines and you can't sort of go, ah, yes, I will take a, a sort of... A sensible path, a linear path, perhaps. Yeah. Through this area, you can't really do that. Yes. So it's like I need to find the people I need to talk to that will trigger the next thing, or at least tell me where to go next. Mm. Cool. Okay. Now you need to wander all the way over to this thing and use the the catapult to fire across to the other side of the world to find some other people who are going to give you some advice. They're going to give you a tool. You then need to use the trebuchet on the other side to fire back. Talk to the people, give them a thing. Go back over to the the other side, give them a thing. Go back over to the catapult side, give them a thing again. And it's like ten minutes of that. Meanwhile, one of the the side missions that you find along the way is somebody's testing out rocket-powered skis. Mm -hmm. And they're like, hey, could you try these out? I just want to make sure they're absolutely safe. So what you need to do is you need to keep going on them without falling off until they run out of fuel, just to prove they're safe. Uh-huh. And it's been patched now, but I haven't played that section since the patch. Mm. But apparently they've like changed the clipping on some of the trees because it was just a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Uh, but I did it before the patch, and it was like 15 minutes of, okay, I'll try again. Okay, I'll try again. And whereas almost every other challenge in that game is, hey, you fucked up. Would Would you mind having another go at that? This one is, okay, you fucked up. Talk to me again to start the whole thing. It's like, oh no. The, I've, I've, I've been watching some footage of this out of curiosity. The, the, the feeling I get about this game is that I love a good game that uses n- weird non-reality space for interesting purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, Super Liminal and Antichamber, I think, work very well because they first and foremost are games that use those tricks as gameplay mechanics when sensible and don't feel the need to use them 100% of the time or put every single one they think of in there. Mm. Um, Both Antichamber and Superliminal, I think, do a good job of, aha, I've recognised the weird thing that's happening and that allows me to solve a puzzle and that is satisfying gameplay, whereas, again, I'd largely been watching footage of this and watching you play it and hearing you talk about it, it comes across a lot more like they first and foremost wanted to put all of the weird non-reality uh, shit in there and were like, we'll work out how to make... We'll put a game in it around that. Mm. And the game elements aren't necessarily fun because 
these effects, while fascinating, are not necessarily conducive to you controlling a video game at the same time. Yeah, it's it's a fun little playground, but it outstays its welcome as a playground. Yeah. And it undersells itself as a game. That's that's the thing. It it seems like it didn't quite commit enough to either end of what it could have been. Or slightly missed. And it's such a shame because I have loved experiencing it, yeah. but I hated playing it. On so many occasions, like the number of times I'd be like, oh, it's doing this really cool thing. And I can literally see it doing this thing. And I'm I'm really loving having this experience. And then I'd get to gameplay bits and it's like, oh, no, why? The shooting the gophers is a really great example. It's the, yes, you are technically showing the really cool effect, but you didn't stop to think about how that would work with gameplay and whether it would be fun to pair, you have to do this while this weird thing is happening. Yeah. If it had been four gophers, yeah, that would have been fine. But yeah. like making it like seven or eight, I think it is. It just takes so long that like by my by my fifth fifth or sixth, I was just like, oh, oh, it's this again. Oh no! Yes, I found the gopher. Yes, I found where the gopher is. I know where it's going to appear because there isn't a dizzy looking gopher there. Now I just have to hope I shoot it. It's a real shame, though. Yeah, like, if they'd done a thing where it's like, ah, if you are directly opposite the gopher, it will more frequently come up. Yes. Like, if they'd set that up as as a trigger, that would have been perfect, but it isn't. Yeah. It's a shame, because that area is really cool, because, like, one of the first things I noticed is you come out of this barn thing, if you turn around and look at the barn and walk backwards, the because the, the roof is moving, like, away from you and above you. It looks like you're still looking at the front of the building, which is getting bigger and further away, but also the roof is curving over the top of you. So it looks like you're inside it, but outside it from the other side. It's a real shame this isn't a better game, because it sounds so interesting. We've talked about setting this up on the VR, and you also told me that you've heard about the VR controls. I I looked at some reviews of the VR version, and... um, Apparently, it seems to do, like, 100% everything on the checklist of never do this in VR. It It is apparently just a vomit factory. Yeah, I imagine turning into a sprinkler the second I I, I went in there. Like, yeah. I'd love to just may, maybe spend a minute or two just looking around just to see, or or even, like, if I could... Like, put it up on the telly, walk to work, one of the places I wanted to just yeah, have a look and at. and then put it on. Pop in, look yeah. around. But, yeah. like, from what you hear, like, there's no, uh, there's no teleport res- controls. There's no teleport controls. There's no recentering your view. Um, th- the way you are moving is not locked to where you're looking. It's locked just to the controllers. And yeah. I imagine some of that is to do with the difficulty of... Moving through that space full stop. Well, yes, but if you can't do it right, maybe don't put it in VR if yeah. your it's... game is not suited to like, VR. I, I would love to experience it, but I I, I I know I get motion sickness in VR anyway. Yeah. So... It, it's going to be like that next one where it's, oh, oh, no. oh the, no. No, the one with the stone golem. Oh no. Where it'll just be the whole day written off with us just feeling ill. Oh, that was Horrible. God. Uh, go read my review of... I think it was just called Golem. Uh, go read my review on Polygon. 
it's the the one where like we we spent like you were feeling really ill and i was like you know what you've got a review to do how would it be if i just stuck the vr on and and like took a shift yeah and i took like a couple of hour shift and i was still feeling really ill and we passed it back to you and you managed like another 20 minutes messaged your editor i was like they were like yeah it's okay it's fine yeah the the way i put it was like i am not the only the two people in my house have both feeling violently ill from trying to play this game i can talk about what they've done that has made that happen is that okay (laughs) Oh. They were like, yeah, it's fine. I feel like this would be right up there. Yeah. 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 But in a fun way, rather than <laughs> a, oh no, I'm not enjoying the gameplay. Yeah. Uh, what else have you played? Um, I have been playing some some uh, Game Pass games on the Steam Deck. Ooh. That's a thing you can do now, kind of. Um. So, if you've got Game Pass Ultimate, which is the Xbox and PC uh, version, one of the things that comes with is something called xCloud, which is a browser-based way of streaming games, not from, like, hardware you have physically yourself, but Microsoft will have a machine that will run the games, and then they will stream them to you, you see them, you do your controls, it sends the inputs back. Um, They have made a special... Linux browser specifically designed for the Steam Deck that works properly in gaming mode and recognises all the controls and is set up, like, tailored for that device. Mm -hmm. And it means that as long as you have an internet connection, so if you're, like, at home on the sofa, you can play Game Pass games. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have found that it's, like, it's, it's been a very... It's a bit fiddly to get set up at first because you're dealing with a Linux machine which involves basically anything you do requires command line shit to be done. Like, the official Microsoft explanation of how to do this involves, okay, go to your command line and start doing this, that, and the other. But once you get it running, it's a very simple, smooth process. It is. It, it looks like a console interface. You boot up your game within a few seconds, you're in. Um, seamless picking up of cloud saves has been really nice. I have been genuinely really impressed with the quality of experience they've got there. Um, Obviously, it's not going to be perfectly one-to-one the same as if you're playing natively on hardware, but Mm. I've been doing a lot of playing up here in the office where my Wi-Fi is admittedly spotty uh, compared to, you know, down by the router, Mm. and I've been having a really good experience. Um... Very, very minimal visual artifacting, um, solidly keeping 60 frames a second, um, very little input lag. Like, I've been surprised at how low the input lag's been. Mm. I've been... I noticed, um, I mean, not not so much up here, obviously, but when you were downstairs on Sunday playing Flight Simulator... Yeah, it looked... I was very impressed. It looked gorgeous, right? There was no, like... I've been playing a lot of games deliberately that are, like... Very fast-paced games where yeah, you need in, like a uh, like a fighting game, don't you? Uh, 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 Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Yeah. It, it's not perfect, but like for someone like me who's a very casual person at that game, imperceptible difference. Yeah. It really felt really good. Um, a lot of what I've been playing has been um, I played a fair amount of uh, Halo Infinite's multiplayer, mm-hmm. and I was like reliably doing really well in that, like as well as I ever do in that. Yeah. Um. I wasn't finding lag was causing me to lose matches. Mm-hmm. I've been playing a bunch of Forza Horizon 5, which we'll get back to in a second. Yeah. Um, 
that is a very fast-paced racing game where even when I'm like maxing out 200 miles an hour on cars, there's not a there's not a like a noticeable degree of visual artifacting. Mm. Um, it's been responsive enough to do like really hairpin turns. Fine, I've been winning races. Nice. I've been really surprised. Like, I've had a better experience with XCloud than I have streaming from my PlayStation from the PS5 that's in the house to the Steam Deck that's in the house. <laughs> I get more visual artifacting and more lag Wait, doing yeah. that. And I don't know what wizardry Microsoft have done, but this is a surprisingly good way to play Game Pass titles in the house, you know, with a Wi-Fi connection in a handheld. Mm. Um, Can you tell us about Forza? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll talk about, while I'm here, the two Game Pass games I've been playing. So we'll, we'll, we'll start with Forza Horizon 5. I got back into it largely because there was an update that added um, sign language interpreter support. Mm. Um, it is disappointingly inconsistent. Um, the the actual sign language interpreter support that's there is good. You can put a background behind the sign language interpreter. You can pick where they are on the screen. You can pick the colour of the, the background. It functionally works well. The problem is there is a very limited selection of sign languages. You've got ASL and BSL and no variants, so you don't have options like um, sign-supported English, where you have spoken English, sentence structure and grammar, but signs and you can lip-read. Um, there's... The... the game never tells you this, but if you go look up, officially the line is that cutscenes have sign language interpreter support, not any of the dialogue that happens during gameplay Except that's not accurate because there's a bunch of cutscenes that don't have sign language or interpreter support either. It's very inconsistent what they consider a cutscene and what they don't. Mm. Um, also, this leads to some really weird issues. Like, I had one today where there were two halves of a sentence. I was doing a race and sort of as the race was going, some dialogue was being said. And then I finished the race and it went smoothly into a cutscene where the sentence was finished and half of the sentence didn't have BSL and the other half did because the other half was in a cutscene. Hmm. Like, things like that really feel like they have done the minimum viable thing they could do to have a box feature ticked. Yeah. Which is... I mean, it... In so much as you're gonna, yeah, I suppose it's not unreasonable to have sign language when you you have subtitles in a racing game. From the point yeah. of view of you're supposed to be watching the road if you were in a car. Well, yeah, but, but if you're doing, you're gonna have to look away from the road to look at the subtitles anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what yeah. I meant. I, I got halfway yeah. through the thought and was like, yes. no, that's not the case. That's the thing. I've I've had a lot of people say, well, why would they put sign language on screen during the race? You're supposed to be lo looking at the road. I'm like. Yeah, but they do subtitles because they recognise that sometimes if you can't hear, you're just going to have to look away from the road for a second to tell what's happening. And people who speak sign language will get that information faster from a sign language interpreter if that's their first language than they will the written counterpart. Yeah. But like the game doesn't make it clear that um, that it is an addition alongside subtitles. Like If you boot this up for the first time and see it's got sign language interpreter support and go... Yes, I'll turn that on. No, I won't turn on subtitles. Why would I need them? I've got my sign language interpreter. Mm. And then big chunks of text, of dialogue just don't. Yeah. It's, 
it's a really messy inclusion, which is a shame, but I'm glad I'm that they're glad trying. an attempt was made, and I oh, hope yeah. that we see either they patch it to make it better, mm. or the next one has I, full SS, uh, sign yeah. of support. I'm very glad someone tried it, because it now means we can point at one and go, this is what works about what they tried, and this is what doesn't, and we can make a blueprint for, this is how you could do, uh, someone could do better in future. Having a reference point is going to make it easier to see this happen more. And yeah, that's great. I hope so. But this is unfortunately lacking. Mm. But that aside, I did get to race against a train Jay. today. I, I did a race against a train. When the train wanted to speed up because it was losing in the race, it would like leave a carriage behind on the track. And I was like speeding along in my, oh my very fancy fast blue car. There's a race with the uh, Flying Scotsman in Forza yes. 4. Yes. So this one is like a big cargo train. Okay. And it's just jettisoning carriages behind it when it needs to pick up more speed. That seems very unsafe. Um, and you're just barreling along in this like uh, light blue, like hypercar, just like fucking barreling 250 miles an hour down the road, <laughs> like sprinting along this, this train. Yeah. It's fucking great. Amazing. Oh, it was good. Yeah. I like that game a lot. Yay. Um, while I'm here, should I talk about the other game Pass yes, that I played? Ah, I started playing Tunic. Oh, that must be nice. Yeah, yeah, you tried to start yeah. this. Yeah, I've tried twice now. Yeah? Yeah. What but happened? You to the... Okay. Okay, so I, I installed <laughs> Tunic, and then my computer just went, No! It's like, okay, well, maybe that was a Tunic problem. And the next day, like, my computer was taking, like, five to ten minutes to load Baba Is You. Yeah. And then I found there was a problem with dust in my computer, which I have since cleaned. Yeah. And then I was like, well, okay, I'll reinstall Tunic. <laughs> so I reinstalled Tunic and fucking nothing happened. And then I looked through the user reviews and there's loads of people going, it's great. Uh, why is it got a Dark Souls tag? Oh no, it's why does everything have to be Souls borny? Uh, it's uh, <laughs> and, uh, the graphics are amazing. I really loved it, but it was very very hard. And then just like so many people going, it wouldn't even load. It wouldn't even load. It wouldn't even load. Oh. Just like oh, okay. And, uh, everyone's got those games that's just like ah oh, this one's just not meant to happen mm. i remember years ago i think it was like cube world or something oh, okay. some some uh voxel rpg oh. kind of game that the first time i tried to boot it up my psu um started smoking Ooh. uh and i replaced the psu fixed the computer up tried it again and then it just refused to boot after that the uh the game and the computer was traumatized at yeah. that point I, I think there's something about, oh, this game, this game, and the PSU didn't agree. Mm, we're not doing it now. Yeah, I'm scared. So I'm not loading that. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Tunic is a game where you're a little fox with a little sword going yeah. on a little adventure. I've seen, like, trailers for it for ages, and it's yeah. beautiful. Uh, the game is gorgeous. It runs really nicely. Um, and was this one you were playing through Steam Deck? Yes, I was yeah. playing this through Steam Deck, and it held up really nicely. Um... You describe it as like a Souls type game, or you said that people described it that way. Yes. Uh, uh, kind of, sort of ish. Uh, it's don't let the difficulty of a Souls game be a thing that goes. I shouldn't try this. Mm -hmm. um, it is an isometric perspective game where you are exploring a world, fighting enemies, and just going on your little adventure. Um, things I really appreciate about it. Uh, the game. Features its own uh, written language, 
that is not explicitly told to the player, and it's very much left for you to con- a context clue understand what's going on. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of like things will be paired with pictures, and you'll start like putting things together. Like there's a little instruction manual of how to play the game that's all in this fictional language, but there's little diagrams and pictures of the fox doing things and which buttons to press. And okay, like it feels like a very, a uh, very rem- a, a very distant place to explore that feels really unexplored, and that's really mm. nice. Um, the counter to that is that this game has no map. Or at least I haven't found one yet, and I'm having the carrion problem of I can't work out where I've missed that I can progress, and it's probably... Like, here's an example. Uh, you start with a stick. It can't cut cut through bushes. Then you get a sword, which can cut through bushes. Presumably somewhere behind me there are some bushes I need to cut through that will let me go to a new place that I can't find, mm. and there's no map. Oh, it's, no. it's one of those. Which but, is like, it would have un- been so easy in this case to just be, like, Fog of War it. Like, your yeah. character is drawing the map as they go along. That's, that's the thing. Like, you could have a little hand-drawn map. It feels totally like the kind of game that would do that. Um, mechanically, you've got a left trigger for lock-on to lock onto enemies. You have you whatever you've mapped your melee weapon to, and you do your little tiny hits, oh. and you've got a little dodge roll... But largely, you hit, 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 and then sort of back away if they're going to hit you. Hit, hit. I've heard people saying that the lock-on doesn't always lock on to what you want it to. Uh, yeah, from what I can tell, there doesn't seem to, unfortunately, be a way to, like, um, flick the right stick to so- change what you're locked on to. Oh. So there's a group of enemies, and you lock on, and you're not locked on to the one you would expect. You have to let go of the trigger and press it again and hope it locks onto the right one this time. Ooh. It's got a little bit of that going on, oh, which dear. is unfortunate. Um... And it's a shame, because I was really enjoying it up until I couldn't work out where to go and got lost for like 25 minutes and was just like, I'm not having fun Mm. walking around in circles, unsure where the one little path I've missed is, because I have no visual memory and can't work out how to get back where I'm going. Just give me a map. Yeah. Lack of a quality of life. Lack of a map has ruined so many really good indie games for me. Mm-hmm. Please just give me a map. So... It's a real shame. Yeah. It's gorgeous, though. Mm-hmm. What about you? What have you been playing? Oh, goodness. What have I been playing? That's a, a fairly good question. Uh, fairly good, yeah. Um, I think... Actually, I think that's it. I'm still playing As Your Dreams. Um, yeah. I'm some hours into that. I am constantly going up to level 28 trying to find the healing herb and it not being there. And then trying to scan through 17-year-old wikis going, where the fuck's the healing herb? Oh, no. (laughs) It's not fun going on the GameFAQs forums. Yeah. (laughs) I don't get me wrong. Your ASCII art at the beginning of a a GameFAQ is great, but (laughs) your forums aren't fun. Uh, are you playing anything else? Oh, well, we did play one thing together. Oh, yes, we yeah. played some Oracle of Seasons. We, we started playing through Legend of Zelda Oracle of Seasons, yeah. one of the, the, the Game Boy Color Zelda games. By Capcom. Um, yeah. We're playing the Capcom games at the moment. We are, yes. <laughs> um, I enjoy this game, but it's very clear that it is a game with a lot of limitation and caveats to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of... You, if you don't know arbitrarily to go back to this place that you've been given no clues to go back to, you're just going to be stuck for ages. There's a lot of 
Uh, the opening of the narrative is incredibly rushed and bare bones, and it's just go, 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 go. You're in well now, bye. But like, like, I can understand the desire not to make players hang around. Yeah, but I mean, like, there's a way to do it well. Like, Breath of the Wild, or even just the original Legend of Zelda, it's like, yeah, no no training wheels, just go off on an adventure. This is, we're trying to tell a story, but we're really half assing how we tell it. Yeah. Um, which is a shame, but and like, by the time you get back to any of the like major parts of it, you're probably not going to remember. Yeah. Um, that being said, I'm really enjoying the dungeons. The dungeons have been really fun, and in particular, I've really enjoyed a lot of the boss fights and a lot of the uh, items we've been picking up as we go. Yeah. Um, some of them are items that haven't returned in any subsequent Zelda games that I'd be very up for seeing again. Yeah, well, give us the magnet glove. Yeah, give us the magnet glove. Um, yeah, I've I've been very much enjoying the game when we're in dungeons, and the between has been a lot more hit and miss. Yeah, and I think part of the problem with Oracle of Seasons is that you have four world states. Yes. So it's like, okay, go to a place. Okay, may, maybe this needs to be summer. Okay. Uh, well, I've I think I've explored it all now. Now maybe it needs to be winter, uh, autumn. Yeah. Maybe it needs to be winter. Maybe it needs to be spring. I don't fucking know. It's, and it's one of those things where every single time that you unlock a new world state with one of the new seasons, you've suddenly gone, oh god, literally everywhere in the entire game I've been might now be different, and I have to remember everything I've ever done that might be changed. Yeah, I mean, some of it's, like, fairly consistent. Like, if you see a line of uh, trees, you're probably going to need to burn them. You'll probably find a man in a hole who will give you some rupees. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it's... I'm having fun with it in spite of itself a little bit. It has not aged well. And I think of the, like, official Zelda games, put the CDI ones aside for a second. Mm. I think that these might be the some of the weakest Zelda games. And that's not to say that they're not good and that I've not had a good time. But I've had a much more inconsistent time mm. with these. Yeah. Yeah, because I started playing ages a little while back when I first got the amp. And it yeah. was just like, hey, let's try a thing out. And, yeah, like, the, the consistency of it of of ages as well is is not super great. Yeah. And once more so I think more so in seasons it's been a case of like I don't want to play this without the walkthrough. Yes. Like once you get into a dungeon, I wanna just yes. go and do that on my own. I yes. can I can puzzle that out. We've but we've, to go back yeah. into the world and be like, okay, uh there there's a person I need to talk to or there's a thing I need yeah. to find. We've we've both I think settled the same way, which is we want to play through this pair of games, but we don't want to do it separately. We want to do it together so one of us can be on the walkthrough just for okay, what the fuck am I meant to do now? Oh, that was okay. Until we get to the next like, oh okay, give uh, no, no walkthrough needed. I've reached a bit where there is good game design. Let me explore this contained area. That's mostly been the dungeons. Yeah, like, like there's not been a dungeon we haven't worked out on our own. Yeah, we've we've done the dungeon solo. It's just the between has been a lot of. Oh, I didn't realize I needed to go back to that NPC on the beach because they've got another thing. There's there's just a lot of. Yeah, I need to go yeah. and find this person again to do this thing. Yeah, and you know. Yeah, like the, the it the world is a the li- puzzles fine, but like the go and find a thing 
and that will open the next bit of game. I, like, uh, I, I'm I, not enjoying the exploration as much. Yeah, I think the problem is that it it sits in a weird point uh, place between the uh, some of the other Zelda games in that. Uh, how do I word this? If this were more like Minish Cap in terms of having a smaller world, I think that the four world states design would work better mm. because there would be a more limited number of places to go revisit in multiple world states. Yeah. I feel like it is ambitious how big and sprawling of a world they made and if there was only one world state and you weren't having to retread areas too many times, that big world would feel very ambitious. Mm. But as it, it stands here, it feels like an overwhelming sprawl, particularly with how slow it is to move through areas because of the constant screen uh, slides. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that four seasons mechanic doesn't really work in this big and slow to traverse a game. Mm. Like... Even if there was an option of you can just do it wherever rather than having to try and find yeah. the nearest stump. Yeah. But then I suppose that probably messes with some of the puzzle elements. Yes. But yeah, it's just... I'm enjoying the dungeons more than the world exploration yes. and I am keen to, to, to get through the rest of it. I, I'm We're enjoying playing the through. game with you. Yes. Um, <laughs> solo, I'd have probably become a bit frustrated with the overworld already by now. And I remember this being my experience as a kid. I remember having moments of I just can't work out what arbitrary one square map location oh. I need to go to that I haven't remembered exists. In exactly the right season. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll let you know when we finish it. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's everything we've played this week. Well, then. <gasps> Time for this. Right, we've spent a lot of money uh, recently on getting that, uh, supporting that legislation. Oh, the, uh, the, 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 you're not allowed to say homosexual one. Say not homosexual. Homosexual, don't let it leave your lips. Do not, do, do not part the lips of the homosexuals. Oh, definitely don't do that. No? Oh, uh, no. We've but, spent a lot of money on that. Yeah, indeed we have, yes, yes. yes. And uh, our CEO and all the very, very top people thought that was very m money very well spent. Yes, indeed, indeed. Yes, uh, unfortunately, it seems that some people who are very into uh, musicals Mm. And who have very much enjoyed the number of times we've had our first openly gay characters. Mm. We've had so many of those. We've we have. We've had so, many, so many first gay characters. First gay character in one of these movies. Oh, goodness. Every single time we do that, everyone comes rushing to see our films. And they're always very excited about it. They are somewhat unhappy with our business decision. I I'm sorry? I don't know. I don't, I don't understand oh. either. They're just, they're just unhappy. No, the the musical lovers are not enjoying the fact no. that we... Mm, no, the, 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 the people the, the, the who were very happy when we said there was a yes, sort of a vague background character yes. that we obviously... They were happy to... about gay characters, but they're sad that mm, we're doing mm. this. See, I thought we fixed this when back in the 90s we had all of the villains be very clearly gay people who were villainous because they were gay. Oh, yes. But queer-coded everyone. I know, but... All the bad people. I mean, I've been doing some Google searching recently, yes. and it seems like we might have messed up a little there in that um, we made them too hot. 
I well, oh, I have heard that they have been somewhat horny for the uh, yes. for the for so, so, somewhat. We put gay and villain, and now all of them just want to bang the villains. The villains. Well, does that then mm. prove that we were right to do the thing where we don't talk about the the bad people? Well, see, we weren't talking about them there. We never said gay. Didn't stop them being horny for the gays. I don't know what we can do. We put we put gays in and say it's good. There's going to be more gays. We put gays in and say it's bad. There's going to be more gays. What do we even do? Well, um, maybe the problem will just sort itself out. We'll just leave it some time. How about another War in the Stars film with the with the? Oh yes, that'll that'll distract everyone for a bit. Maybe we'll even put a uh, a uh, 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 gay gay flag lightsaber design. That'll that, that fix Ra- it. Yeah, I think we rainbow will. saber. Rainbow saber. Yeah, oh, there we go. First openly gay lightsaber. First openly gay lightsaber. Everyone will lap it up. I'm sure. Welcome. It's time for another round of everyone's favorite game show. What, what superpowers do trans people secretly possess? Right, wonderful contestants, you know how the game is played. We're going to point out each of you one by one, and you're going to tell us a superpower. And if you are correct, you get a little ding. If you're wrong, you get a big eh eh. What superpowers do trans people have? Go. Uh, Flight. Ding ding. Correct. Right, next up. Um, future vision. Ding ding ding. Oh, once again, correct. Let's throw it back over here. Teleportation. Ding ding ding. Partial credit, they have that power, but I only got it yesterday. You are just about on the line there of correct. Cutting edge. Oh, I know, I know. Right, right, we're going into the final quickfire round. All contestants, just throw in any you've got, and we will we will just speed round this. Flight, shape changing. Uh, you already did flight. Shape changing, yes, though. Ding, ding, ding. Invisibility. Ding, ding, ding. Super eating things you touch. <laughs> Turning things to gold. Ding, ding, ding. Turning into bubbles, turning into smoke, ding, turning ding. into bats. Ding ding! Charging your phone just by glaring at it. I'm sorry, they do not need to glare at it, it just happens in their presence. But that was a pretty good score. I think we can get you up there on the leaderboard. Tune in next week for another episode of What, what Superpowers Super Power Power Trans, Trans People, people Secretly Possess! Winning at Chris Shows. <laughs> So, oh, what have you put in your eyes? Um, I watched a, a kind of B-movie um, th- sci-fi thriller. Yes. Called Other Life. Tell me about Other Life. Um, so the premise, uh, or at least the way that this film sells itself, is that it is a story about a woman who has created... The best way I can describe describe it is the drug DMT but you can author what kind of experience the DMT trip is going to have. It's a bit lucid dreamy. Uh, explicitly not lucid dreamy. In pre-programmed. That pre-programmed. Okay. You are going to have this specific drug trip that will feel incredibly real and time dilation will occur and it will be the most intense you are experiencing this predetermined thing mm-hmm. you have ever experienced. And she's trying to sell it as like, Go on holiday in your mind. Do this, do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And all of the people that her and her... Every time her and her business partner go and try and sell it somewhere, 
the responses are like, have you considered other applications? Such as, the big one that keeps coming up is prisons. Prison overcrowding's a thing. What if you could get someone to live out a hundred year prison sentence in about an hour in their brain? And have experienced a hundred years of solitary confinement and, okay, you can get back to life. You were only gone an hour. You're done. Um, and she's like, no, no, not doing it, not doing it. Uh-huh. And long story short, um, this film's not very good, so I'm just going to talk spoilery about it. It's it's kind of fun in a bad way. Skip I, forward it's, ten minutes. Well, if you... uh, here's the thing. It's predictable as fuck. So, like, I don't think any of this is hugely spoilery. And this film, like, takes its time meandering nowhere. Um... Uh, due to a death that occurs because of the main character's actions, she is given an ultimatum. Do you, you can you can test out the, you can test out your drug as a prison, and once you're done with that, you will be that that will be your punishment, and you will be fine to go. And she gets put in her in in her very realistic brain prison, and she's meant to spend a year in there in or a year in her mind, you know, ten minutes yeah. outside or whatever. And it gets to 364 days, and it should be finished, and it should be time for her to leave, and then it ticks back to day one. Da, da, da. And it seems like it's going to be like Cube or something, in that it's going to be a, I'm trapped in this space, what am I going to do? I'd like, you know, enclosed environment horror mm-hmm. thriller. That conceit that, like, the, tr- the trailers, the blurb is all about this moment, it lasts all of, like, two minutes. And the re- the ending of the f- the whole rest of the film is incredibly fucking obvious. It's a film about incredibly real altered reality that you think is real. Um, so there's a whole thing where she breaks out of the prison, and it's like, wait, I wasn't given the drug. I was put in a physical prison. That's like the one we were gonna code. What's going on? And she's out of the prison for like the rest of the film, and it's very clear, like, yeah, you're on the you're on the drug. Right, like that's, and it's treated like a big reveal. It's like no, no, no. It it has some interesting ideas, and I think its very final, like f- ten minutes at the end, is pretty good. But like, it's a film that feels like it spends a lot of time trying to surprise you with things that are incredibly obvious and you know they're coming. Yeah. And taking forever to get to its interesting premise. Because, like, the the premise is interesting, but that, like, up to when she's, like, put in the prison is... This is a 90-minute film. That's, like, nearly the first hour. Right. Is that, like, interesting... Pre- is just getting her to what seems like the interesting premise. Right. And then you have half an hour at the end that is two minutes of the interesting premise you were sold... 18 minutes of oh oh oh, yeah we can see what's coming and then maybe 10 minutes of interesting end Mm. it's i'm glad i watched it but i wouldn't recommend it (laughs) like you know those kind of films it's i i was fascinated to watch it i think that there is a lot that you can learn about the way films are structured Mm. from this and if you don't mind watching a kind of bad film this is a pretty good kind of bad film I had fun, despite this film kind of being a mess. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't. I kind of like it though. It's a bad <laughs> film. A good bad film. It's. It's. I love a B movie that's good it's, bad. 
it, it's got some moments where it drags, but it's kind of good, bad. Yeah. Um, what about you? What did you watch this week? Oh, we watched a very, very, very long film. <gasps> we did. We watched a, like four hours and 18 minutes long movie. I mean, we watched a film that's almost, one might say, the length of two films. What? What did we watch? Uh, we watched Star Wars Episode Four: The Road Cut. Yes. Uh, so... I watch a lot of, like, random Star Wars facts. Yeah. Like, here's a short listicle about Star Wars stuff for books you haven't read and probably can't read anymore. Yeah. Cool. That's nice. Or stuff you might not know if you haven't watched all yeah. of Rebels. Just I've watched, yeah. like, the first season. The videos that just, like, put novel information into my head. Yeah. Just, yeah. like, I'm making breakfast. Here is some stuff. The yeah. thing you like that is nice dopamine and doesn't hurt you at all. Yeah. It's like, cool, I'm willing to watch that. And I think somehow that has sort of poked the algorithm towards, hey, there's a fan edit you should watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I watched a, uh, I, I, a 15 minute video on YouTube that's like, I cut together Star Wars Rogue One and the. Um, uh, the original web, oh, the the Blu-ray edition of uh, A New Hope, and some of the deleted scenes. Yeah. And the alternative scene thirty-eight that came out a couple of years ago that that people did. Yeah. Where they deep faked Obi Wan into a <laughs> much better lightsaber battle. Yes. Um, and it's really good. Yeah. So what I will say about this, because we've watched some, we've watched some Star Wars fan edits before. Like we watched the Grindhouse, yeah, we watched uh, the Grindhouse edit, edit, and a like, War in the Stars, yeah. So what I will say about this combination film, Rogue One, holds up really well. I think I think um, it looks. I don't know if it's a a different version or what, but like I felt like the uh, the deepfake stuff, like Tarkin and Leia. Looked way better I, on a smaller screen. I think it's just the smaller screen. Because I've not seen it since yeah. it was in the cinema. Um, I think that that film has a little bit of pacing issues with like, um, some some arcs that don't really go anywhere. Where it's just we went and a person didn't believe us, and that took up some time. Mm. Um, but once you get to the big like guerrilla warfare war happening. Mm -hmm. It is an incredibly well done film. It, I, I think it's one of the best. We were talking about this at the time. One of the best ever examples of daytime bright CGI looking really good that yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that the other bit I mentioned yeah. on there was the bit where they go to the planet where the the scientists are, and we get all the stuff in the rain. Yes. The, the like the 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 ability to do good CGI. And have it in in all weathers, just yes. like you have it in the space, as is typical. Like, yeah, for the end of the film, a, you're gonna have it in a, rain, a bright sunny blue sky Tropical. day. Yeah, looking good still is glorious. Ah, uh, oh. but like, I like I like that film's ending. I like that it sticks the landing and yeah. is pretty bleak and unforgiving. Yep. Um, it 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 transitions so smoothly in this edit into episode four yeah. i was very it, it made it all the more apparent how good a job rogue one's team did of capturing the tone and aesthetic of the original episode four that they blend so well together 
Mm-hmm. Like the pacing, the tone, it other than like the the technical camera quality, it is a very smooth you know, work yeah. between them. Yeah, so it um Rogue One ends, we have the whole uh thing of uh Vader coming onto the ship yeah. and they're handing the, the plans over and the uh Leia's shuttle yeah. takes uh Leia's um uh frigate takes off and they're they're over Tatooine. Yeah. And then it sort of like dives down to the planet, and it's Luke at the the station yes. chatting to his friends from the deleted the deleted scenes. And, and as we yeah. both pointed out, like, oh, Luke in the original Star Wars comes off as just kind of a whiny dick. So yeah, if you've never seen the deleted scenes from Episode Four, particularly a lot of the stuff around Luke and uh, what's his what's his friend Thanks. who we. Ah, uh, Biggs, Biggs, uh, the Luke, Luke and Biggs, but also Luke and the wider group of friends on yeah. Tatooine. What it really does is it contextualizes a that he's a kid, like he's not a whiny like twenties, like he's a kid. Um, but like it also really comes across with like he has been putting his life on hold because of ever moving goalposts, and he just wants to either go live his life or. If he has to stay here, at least get to have friends. Yeah. And he's been denied both. Yes. And, like, that contextualized... With like, an overbearing parental yeah. figure. Like, the the famous line, the... the oh, going to Tashi to buy some power converters. converters. Like, that hits so much better when you've actually seen, like... Yeah, he's whining about wanting to go see, like, hang out with his friends. But it's because that's all he has. Because he wants to go to the Academy and he keeps having that ripped away from him. Yeah. So he's like... If you won't let me go to the academy, at least let me have my friends. I don't want the family business. Yeah, it's it gives him so much better characterization. It makes him seem so much more human. Yeah. When like when he meets back up with Biggs later, it it's a whole yeah. thing. It feels like he a lot of people like the term Mary Sue, the you exist purely to be the hero of the story and you have no external life around that. Mm. This fixes a lot of that. Luke feels in the original edit very much like he only exists to be the main character. Yeah. And I realised they like, wanted to keep pace at the beginning of the film, but like as a result of that, I feel like, in especially in that particular film, Luke feels a way weaker character. Yeah, I feel like that five minutes of additional like footage interspersed through the film, well worth it. Yeah, so I, we, get, we yeah. get that scene, we get... Um, I think we get a couple of little extra bits and then we get the what is technically the previous deleted scene where Luke is working on the moisture evaporators with yeah. one of the droids and sees uh the uh the fight going on in yes. the Yes. Now originally that ran into the scene at um I think that's supposed to be Anchorhead. Yeah. Um but the the editor said like my my thinking behind this was the idea that Luke is always watching the skies. Yes. Like the the first scene he he was looking up he's like saw the thing and they're like no yeah. no there's no fight going on up there and then yeah. it's like a bit later on he's like he's constantly looking up and yeah. seeing well, like what is happening the, the way they placed it in was very much like you get the scene with him and Biggs and Biggs is going off to the academy and Biggs wants to join the rebellion mm. and save the universe and Luke is like I can't go do that I can't do it I can't do it. Um, you but then... I've been assured this is definitely the last yes. year I'm going to need to and, be on. Yeah, and then you get the like uh, Uncle Owen going, you're staying another year. And then he looks back up to the stars and he's like, there is something happening up there. And 
they need my help, and I just want to be in the fight. And then as soon as, like, his whole living family, is, as far as he's aware, is dead, it's like, well, I have nothing keeping me here. I didn't want to be here in the first place, but yeah, I'm, I'm off. Yeah. This is my chance. Yeah, it's... My adventure, uh... it got cold. Yeah. And, like, large, largely, this is just watching two films back-to-back. 90% of the time you are watching two films back-to-back. Yes. But the bits where they meet in the middle and the little additional bits really elevate the whole package. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I, and, and then, of course, like the whole thing at the end of the Death Star scene where um, Vader and Obi-Wan have this amazing lightsaber duel. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of homemade fan CGI look to it, but I For like... For the most part, it's really good, but occasionally everyone's yeah. face just sort of slides around a bit. Yeah. It's not perfect, but I will forgive a lot of its technical shortcomings for what it does for the pacing. Yeah. Because it does a really good job of setting up how powerful Obi-Wan and the Jedi are. Like, it's it's giving that film yes, a much needed... Yes, he is an old man, but... Yeah. It's giving a much needed injection of the Jedi are actually very fucking powerful and like it makes his death seem a lot more deliberate and calculated and less of a wet fart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I get that that was to do a lot to do with the technical limitations oh, yeah. of, of the lightsabers that they were using originally. Yeah. But and and I I've heard people sort of uh, play it off as oh they're both old men and that's why that fight is as yeah. as slow as it is, but like that scene is not only it's more action-packed. It's well shot. Okay, yeah. yeah. Some of the deep fakery stuff isn't <laughs> quite right because there just aren't the shots of Alec yeah. Guinness's face. Yeah. There's a couple of moments in that where, like, uh, like Vader's walking away. He, like, force grabs the lightsaber into his hand, like, uh, yeah. Obi-Wan's lightsaber into his hand as he's walking away from the, the cloak. And you hear uh, Anakin from Mustafar yeah. going, I hate you. It... It the the thing I think it does really well is it suggests that Obi Wan is not incapable of being a Jedi mm. still that he is unwilling that it is something that he can do when this life or death situation comes up mm. but it sort of contextualizes his being alone on on ta- uh, like hey being the hermit yeah being the hermit as this isn't my fight. I've gone through this once already. I can't do this again. And in the context of like the newer stuff yeah. of he's had to hide it because the Inquisitors were yeah. bumbling around. As we now know, that's sort of the premise of the, the Obi-Wan show that's yeah. coming. Like, yeah, he has had to hide it. He has had to. He doesn't want to be that anymore. He can't be that. And... He might be out of practice, but he does also yeah. need to look after Luke. Yeah, but like, I, I, I like what it does yeah. for the film. Despite its quality shortcomings, yeah, the, that like that that scene is a bit low quality. Obviously, the deleted scenes because that's just I mean, the best footage that exists. But I, I still think they did a really good job. Yeah, though, honestly, I thought those kind of worked a little bit better in some cases than the CGI fight visually because yeah, yeah, yeah. they were at least consistent, if a bit grainy. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I love their inclusion in the grindhouse edit because because it's grindhouse yeah. the whole movie it looks it all looks like that yeah <laughs> bring it all down to the lower quality I, lo- last <laughs> thing i will say about this edit watching rogue one straight into episode 4 really makes me dislike 
all of the characters during the med and the medallion scene where it's like you've just watched two hours of like this group of rebels who have disobeyed the orders of their commanders to go and get the Death Star plans despite the fact they were ordered not to and they've had to like sit as the the mushroom cloud comes to them together to save everyone yep. and Luke waltzes in off the farm he's like I shot a thing in a hole I get a medal <laughs> it's in annoying and Chewbacca doesn't yeah well I mean the Chewbacca thing doesn't even annoy me. I'm just annoyed that Luke gets one and I'm like, Luke, you don't know the war that just happened, that none of them got to have medals. There's no memorial for them who died. You get to be the hero, yeah, do you? You just have to kind of assume that at some point there are going to be speeches for everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I don't think it's bad. It's It makes me laugh. Yeah, it, yeah. Is, it is a bit... Um, uh, dissonant. Dissonant, yeah. Yeah. But... I think that's a if you've got four hours, yeah, it's a it's a complete way to enjoy that story that I think works really well. Yeah, um, I will. I've I've recently shared the video, so yeah. uh, in the the um, you can find it on YouTube. It's it talks about the the extra time that's been added to that film, and the the cutting the two films together. In the notes for that is linked to a Google Doc which will link you to wherever the current version of that is being held because Disney are probably chasing it around the internet. But fuck them. Fuck them. Also, once something's out there, it's never going away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what else have you watched? Um, I started watching some Bob's Burgers because I kind of just wanted to watch like some animated 20-minute sitcom like comedy. It's pretty harmless. Yeah, like... I've remember I've watched Bob's Burgers odd episodes here and there in the past, and remember just going, yeah, this was just a good, harmless, nice comedy that was good and fun. And I've recently had a bunch of recommendations for it popping up on TikTok of people going, like, this is a very good show in terms of just being like harmless, not like you know, you you don't have to sort of brace for impact with it mm. as a comedy, but also very specifically talking about like a lot of its really well fleshed out nicely developed character dynamics that never make fun of specific like groups but also don't fall into a lot of the cishet tropes that family sitcoms usually oh. rely on to it's exist. Bob's by, right? Uh Bob's by um one of the kids is not sure whether they're cis and is like very explicitly like confused by the gender binary mm -hmm. and doesn't like it and is trying to work out what that's going on. Okay. Um, I don't know if anything else has gone on with that Which plot one? line since. Um, Tina's the one with the butts. Uh, it's um, the one with the bunny ears. Yes, okay. I've completely forgotten. Yeah, I, I, character's I name. remember um, Tina, and that's it. Um, Louise. Um, so I don't know if anything else has come of this, but Louise has a whole episode about like not feeling comfortable with the expectations of the gender binary. Um, you've. <sighs> One of the things that's really nice, and it's the thing that got me going, you know, actually, that would be nice to see, is the main two parents, Bob and Linda, don't fall into any of the shitty bad parents who hate each other and are married despite hating each other tropes. They're always really supportive of each other. It's like, they, they will individually have their character flaws that cause episode hijinks to occur, hmm. but will always end up coming back and talking things through and... Ending at a at a well reasoned point, disp like without that taking away from there being room to have comedy. Yeah, it's been really nice to just have a wholesome, not falling into those weird trappings, 
animated family sitcom. It's it's funny and it's sweet. Yeah. And I've been just really enjoying it. Nice. Um, so that's been really nice. I, it's nice to have a thing like this and to feel like I can let my guard down a bit while watching. Yeah. And uh, for folks interested, I've been watching season 10. I picked a relatively recent but finished season to jump mm-hmm. into to go, what's what's going what's going on at the moment? And I'm enjoying it a lot. I feel like I've seen the first couple of seasons. I feel like I have. I, I'm i probably going to finish this season and go, you know what? Yeah, I could binge through all of this. It just seems like good, harmless, like... On in the background watching, and I've, I've needed a bit of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Yeah, I watched a couple of other things. Um, I watched the no clip documentary about uh, Black Mesa. Ooh, uh, yes. It's called uh, The 16 Year Project to Remake Half Life. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was another wonderfully shot and edited no clip documentary. Do, they do good documentaries. They do. Yeah, it's interviews with the developers, the like the logic around some of their decisions to, mm. in certain places of change, uh, changing. Like, uh, just talking about like some of the basic puzzle stuff. Of yeah. let's show you what your goal is. Let, yeah, that they, they talked at one point about the fact that whenever you came into a, a room, they would point, make sure that you were pointed at your goal. Yeah. So the first thing you see is where you are going. Yeah. Uh, there was one bit where um, they talked about you have to turn off these valves to make fire go- fires go out. Mm. And they did it in such a way as like, okay, there is a window over there. Yeah. And you can sort of see through that. You can't get through it. But when turning it, you are facing that window and you will see, oh, fire go out. Ah. I see the cause and effect. Yes. Maybe it will affect the thing I am trying yeah. to do. Making sure that you have the information to... Be able to form a complete picture of what the puzzle is. Yeah, like one of the fairly simple ones was moving a uh, moving some flames from a vent in the ceiling mm. to across a ladder. Yeah, because vent in the ceiling could just look like background, maybe, and yeah. a fire happening. But fire going across ladder that is an impediment to a way to go. And way more sort of clear to most yeah. people. That's uh, my objective. I can see that it's blocking something. Yeah, and it's very impressive. And you know, I'm I'm curious to see what that team would do following that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've not played the Half Life One in. I've oh. never played it to completion. I remember cheating it. Yeah. Towards the end. Yeah. And then like cheating to the last level and going, "What the fuck is this boss?" Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Do you, do you, yeah, let's just teleport you out of the world for no reason. Let's give you moon physics for no reason. Like, I'm sure there's a reason, but also, like, te- teleporting you away from the boss fight during a boss fight really fucks with attention. A little bit. Um, And from what I can see with the, what they've done with their version of that boss, it's pretty damn cool. And quite the little set piece that they have put together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's... As I say, it's a no-clip documentary and they, they always do good work. Yeah. Uh, what are you? Have you watched anything else? No, that's it for me. Uh, the other thing I've watched was uh, Johnny Cudini's uh, live stream. It's called Let's Paint Some Furious Geese. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna, I'm just going to pull the video up for you. Because I think um... we need to see the results of these furious geese. So, Johnny plays Blood Bowl. Yeah. Uh, they uh, have some league games. They're starting some uh, seven-a-side stuff. So they made the, this little uh, doll's house wheelie bin. Okay. It's lying on its side. Yeah. 
Uh, it's uh, they made some trash to go in it, and there are uh, some some little geese with armor. So just little angry armored geese rustling over the knocked over bin. And there's a little rat with, with yeah, some pizza. Yeah, a little pizza rat. Yeah, a little pizza rat friend. Oh. It's um, it's a beautiful little diorama. And they spent oh. a lot of time going, yeah, this is probably the best thing I've ever done. Oh, no. <laughs> Johnny's dreams are always really calm anyway. And yeah. um, they, they they just seem really lovely from what I have seen. And... um. Yeah, this specific one was just chaos. Also, Johnny's chat is loves just coming out with the worst puns or worst jokes. Yay! Um, uh, and I absolutely love that. More of that, please. I'm a big fan. Oh, I am a huge fan. Yeah. Like a burr. <laughs> uh, what about you? That's, 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 everything that's, everything, that's everything we've watched. <gasps> well then. <gasps> Time for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you desire sustenance? Uh, um, yes. Do you require nutrition? Uh, I do require nutrition. Do you have physical needs? Yes. Uh, yes, food is one of them. Do you lack the time or energy for meal prep? Um. Or spoons? Uh, yes, I, I can't quite. Yeah, yes. Do you, are you so wrapped up in all the capitalism you do not have time? To either eat a meal or prepare a meal? Uh, sometimes that's the case. Are you about to sell me, I, I don't know, some kind of Molotov cocktail to take down the capitalism? Try sustenance. Sustenance. All caps. Oh, oh, that's a lot of exclamation marks. It is a place that is technically nutrition-filled and edible in pre-prepared portions. Pre-prepared is hard to say. It, it is, particularly when it's all in caps. Pre-prepared. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had to enunciate all of those exclamation yeah. marks. <sighs> and it comes in a single-use plastic wrapping. Yeah. Yeah, layers upon layers of single-use plastic <gasps> wrapping. Uh... I'm, look, I'm, I'm reading the little press release oh, we got uh -huh, here. Uh -huh. You know how sometimes you get that that quote-unquote white chocolate that's not, that it's not chocolate, it's like white candy. I mean, isn't that all white chocolate? Um... <sighs> You know, I mean, you, you know what I mean. You you know what I mean. Like, you know what I mean when we're talking about like the like the little candy mouse where they never say the word chocolate anywhere. But gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I don't see the word food. Nutrition, any... sustenance. It is technically nutrition filled and edible. Technically, yes. It, it is edible and nutrition filled. What more would you desire? A food. I mean, come on. When my dad was a. 20 something i'm i'm guessing uh they uh they, they were talking about the concept of having all your meals in pill form here we are shining in the 20 20 20 somethings and we have a fluid juice not, not, a, not a fluid a paste sorry paste a paste I'm looking at the promotional image. Um, there's That's... an upturned glass and it's staying in the glass. Ooh. That's got it's some... not quite a slurry. That's it's quite some viscosity. Not not quite a slurry. Ooh. Well, I suppose that's why it comes in these plastic tubes. Yeah, you can just squeeze it from the end like toothpaste into your mouth. <laughs> I mean. Pour the slurry into your open maw. Like sometimes, sometimes I do just need sustenance. I mean, yeah, yeah. yes, but Ooh. sustenance, not sustenance. Sustenance. 
No, thank you, just that. No, you don't need... You don't need that for your physical needs. <laughs> no, I just need sustenance for my physical needs, not sustenance. Well, that's my... a sustenance that's with four exclamation... Six exclamation marks. And not where you think. Dot lol dot net and enter the code QNPS206 uh, for... Uh, 5% off your first sample bag of half a sustenance sachet. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I've been looking at what the competition's been up to. Yeah. 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 So, uh, there is, uh, that, that, that company that makes the very difficult games, the, uh, do, do better is the, the slogan, I think, do when better. you die. Uh, do, I mean, do I, gooder. I, uh, yeah, do gooder. Yeah, yeah. So they put out a new game and is that big open world nonsense and, uh, it's been doing very well. It's sold it's like, doing uh, gooder. yeah, it's doing gooder. It got, it got gooder. It sold, it sold like 12 million copies in a week. Yeah. Which means... We need to look at it and work out what we should be stealing, because like people seem to be loving this, uh, uh, this this game about the ring and the the the, the big murder world. I love a ring. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I mean, thinking, what can we uh, what can we learn from this? Why are people loving this? Um, okay, well, I mean, could we just forget all that and buy the studio? Uh, unfortunately, uh, not. They they are uh, having a little bit of bad PR themselves at the moment. Probably not the time for it. Um, maybe that's the perfect time. Well, I mean, it's not at the point where like their stock prices. Oh, tanked. right. Yeah, it's yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, it's yeah, I'm not right now. We money would. For it. Yeah, right now we would be paying money and just getting their bad yeah, image. Yeah, but um, yeah. oh, their their yeah, middling image. Uh, what we could do, uh, I'd be looking at the game. I think I know why it's why people like it. Right. Um, lack of quest logs. Don't right. let people track uh how they how they what quests they've got open. Just leave them to wander aimlessly. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love yeah. it. I love. People not knowing what they're doing, and then that helps them not find the problem so quickly. Exactly. Uh, on that similar note, um, lack of proper uh, signposting. Yeah. We put a, you know, if we've got, let's say we got a tutorial, but it's broken, we just don't point them to where the tutorial is. And yeah. we put it in some far remote corner, and technically it's there, but they can't go and, f you know, they're unlikely to find it and see it's broken. Yeah. Yeah. Um brutal challenge i think i think we've i've learned one thing from this it's that it, the game should be literally impossible it's so difficult oh yeah 100 percent. like every enemy one hit kills you and is five times faster than you and it is literally impossible to do anything yeah we don't want people just you know traipsing through it in half an hour oh i know i know like you should be spending a hundred hundred and fifty hours Getting out of the uh, the starting room. At least. Exactly. If you were not having to spend 200 hours to complete the character creator because it's killing you every time you try and put on a new hairstyle, we're not doing it right. Yeah, do-gooder. Yeah, I think, I think that's 100% everything that they're loving about this game. I think if we do that, they will love us just as much. Also, what if we also had a huge guy with lots of swords on a tiny, tiny donkey? That's ridiculous. Why would why would anyone do that? Seems like a popular character. The people who made that are not fucking geniuses. Maybe not. So, huh, what have you put in your ears? Uh, I'll put a couple of new bits of music in my ears. New things in your ears? Yeah, not a, not a huge amount, but I listened to a couple of new bits of music. Mm. Um, there's a track called Sugar in My Coffee by The Narcissist Cookbook. Okay. Um... 
It is a very chaotic, vocally intense uh, track. It's um, acoustic guitar, but it's very... It's deliberately played a little bit um, sloppy and chaotic in places. Mm -hmm. Vocally, it's very... You know that t style of narrative where someone will do... A, like, sometimes they won't be singing, they'll be acting a little bit. It's narrative storytelling through song in places. Mm -hmm. About someone who just kind of wishes they were the kind of adult that liked coffee. So okay. that they didn't have to be the person when everyone goes out like, oh yeah, let's go out for coffee. Well, I'm just going to have a hot chocolate, just have a nice sweet sugary hot chocolate. Mm. And not feeling like a grown-up in the group. Uh. And trying to be like, aha, I'll go meet like the fancy coffee snob who's like, oh, you don't like coffee? You've just not had the right coffee. Yeah. And sort of the main character is like daydreaming this scenario where they're like, I'll I'll try the coffee and it will change my my outlook and my perspective and I'll finally be one of those people, and then they try it and they're like, no, nah, I don't like coffee still, and being okay with that. Yeah, and there's this lovely little chaotic bit of narrative storytelling that's really fun in how it's put together. I like it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, the other one that I listen to that I like. With a caveat that there is a way I would prefer it, and I don't know whether it exists, but we'll find out. Uh, is called Ohio is for Emo Kids uh, by Canadian Softball. And it is a mashup of a bunch of different, um, like, mid-2000s to late-2000s emo rock tracks from various bands mm -hmm. made into a medley that has lyrics placed over it. And the lyrics are ostensibly about, you know, being being a sort of emo teen of that era. Mm. They're a bit cheesy. Um, they're not... They're just very so-so. They fit the pattern of the songs well, and they do a good job of making one vocal uh, layer that fits over a medley that is constantly changing. Mm -hmm. But I kind of wish I could get just an acoustic, uh, an, an instrumental of this. Yeah. Because it is a really well put together medley over about seven minutes of moving between so many different genres in very well done covers that are just consistently tweaked enough to feel like they cohesively flow. Mm. Um, like, this, it goes through a bunch of stuff from, like, it, it opens with the I'm not okay bit before it kicks in the, uh... Like, yeah, it, it it starts with that, it goes through stuff like, um, bands like the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, Panic at the Disco with uh, Bring Me the, the Horizon, uh, Paramore. It goes through, like, all of that kind of stuff. I like that it bookends with MCR on both ends. Um, I th ah, it's... I think it's Helena it ends on. I think it, it opens with I'm Not Okay and ends on Helena. And I'm like, it's a really nice medley that I kind of wish didn't have the kind of cringy lyrics running over it. It's an impressive feat, but I... The lyrics were fine. They were probably... A, they were taking away from the overall experience rather than adding to it. Um, like they They weren't bad, and I still enjoyed it, but... If anyone knows of an instrumental version of Ohio is for Emo Kids, please send it my way. Yeah. I couldn't find one at a cursory Google, but I'm going to keep trying. Yes, yes. I might even just like center, center mix it myself and try and pan out the, uh, the, the center and see if I can make my own no lyrics version. 
I'll look up a thing. I might know that there's a a, a, way, a way to do that. Yeah, there is a there is in theory. I used to do it really shittily for um trying to make karaoke tracks. Yes. In that you you basically you invert half of the waveform and yeah, you, yeah. you pull out the middle. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the thing you mean. Um, yeah. That there are like um, yeah algorithms that can can do it um, yes. really interestingly in the last couple of years. Uh, as long as you don't mind a bit of um, command line stuff, yeah, uh, I will dig out the thing because apparently it... it's really fucking good. But yeah, yeah, I, I would be curious because I like the med. It's a seven-minute medley of oh, oh god, I just want to sing along. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, what about you? What you listen to? I um, most mostly mixes. Uh, the the sun has returned to the world. Yeah, so I've been listening to some UK happy hardcore. Yeah, uh, I listened to DJ Gamma's mix. Uh, Do you want to build a snowman? Which was available on YouTube. Uh, it's like a half hour UK happy hardcore mix. There's a little bit of really upbeat dubstep stuff in there. Um, that's a nice little fun mix. The other one that I listened to was uh, UK Happy Hardcore Mix 2019 by DJ Bass Jumper. That's B-A-S-E. Um, uh, yeah, it's just an, a nice little hour and a half of upbeat happy hardcore. Yay! Just like music to bop along to. It's nice to be out in the sun bopping to happy hardcore it's, again. it's nice to have the, the sun has really brought with it a bunch of my energy back and I'm like oh, oh yay yes I'm, I'm definitely feeling a bit I, I've come out of a really dark mood in the last couple of oh, weeks oh god yeah and I think some sunlight has definitely helped this happens helped every that. year the winter the winter kicks my ass far more than I ever expect it to yeah and you're not fully aware of it until you're not being completely crushed by it yeah you're like oh I'm just feeling so depressed all the time nothing will ever feel okay again. oh it was just the lack of sun okay uh, okay yeah and every year I think I've used the sunlight lamp more than usual <laughs> I'm sure it's fine it's not because I didn't have it on every day like I should have done yeah hmm uh, what about you? Anything else? No, that's it for me. Well oh. then, time for this. We seem to be having um, some some concerns. We're getting a lot of seismic activity from uh, up near North Pole in it. Yeah, any uh, any sign of the uh, calls yet? Well, nothing yet. But you know, we're getting some weird pings on uh, on on sonar so, yeah, yeah. seismometers going Seism- yeah seismometers been going wild for a little while now you know i don't don't really understand it uh, but uh you know people have been saying there's been some weird tidal activity heading towards the coast and uh, obviously people are slightly concerned by that yeah a little bit yeah but uh oh uh yeah just getting this uh just in, in. oh yeah um reports of a El Eldritch Aura yeah. from the deep. Oh, yeah. that's a bad place for a movie from. Yeah, just just uh, just turned up. Uh, just turned up off Folkestone. Oh no! I'm I'm obviously. It's apparently had an eons long slumber. Eons long, yeah. Beneath, yeah, uh, beneath yeah. the ice. Yeah, apparently, it's uh, demanding to speak to humanity as a whole. Uh, uh, that we explain ourselves um, as uh, it's not happy with the state of the planet it's woken up to. Apparently Mm -hmm. it throws itself for a a nice nap. Just millennia long 
he oh owns no, long... is it because we melted the ice? Yeah, yeah. Seems oh. like we, we've uh, we've melted the ice cap. We've treated the planet so badly. We've woken up uh, the the creature that had uh, built its nest here. Ah, so that's an ideal. Yeah, in the in the you know in the in the time before time. You know. In the time before existence. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know just nuzzled up here for a bit of a kip, and apparently we've treated the planet so badly, it's uh, demanding an explanation. So, uh, any oops. any any thoughts? Ah, uh, oops, is yeah. my entire thought. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm hearing the Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Have uh, they've launched uh, a nukes? Oh, that sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm hearing also that the creature has swallowed the explosion whole and seems to, if anything, be more powerful as a result. I'm going to go outside and be very sorry in its direction. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to call my girlfriend. She's always wanted to meet an eldritch horror. Is everything a bit much for you? Uh-huh. Have you spent a lot of time feeling the need to just scream into the void? <laughs> well, the void is more than just a place to scream. Visit Anti-Scenic the Void. See nothing, hear nothing, experience nothing. Tourists just love getting lost in the void. Oh, I love how much I'm not experiencing. The void. It's not just a place to scream, but you can do that too. <laughs> I want to see more of. What do you want to see more of? Social Justice Warriors. Social Justice Warriors? Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Larry. How you doing? Oh, uh, yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. You, uh, been up so much? Oh, I've been being a bit annoyed at the, uh, the old internet. Yeah, what, what's do. it done this time? Oh, you know, uh, this has been a thing for a while, but it's just been annoying me this week, yeah. Uh, People misunderstanding the term death of the author. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, particularly because a lot of people use it. How they use it is they'll go, oh, this thing that was made by a, a bigot of some kind. Um, oh, well, death of the author. It's ours now. It's not theirs. Usually, despite this being a living author who's still making or, you know, creating. I thought heroes. Death of the Author was about, like, um, reinterpreting well, things, one, you know, yeah, artistic intent can't yeah, be carried like, forward. The, the entire point of it is that once you create something and put it out into the public consciousness, you cannot control how it's interpreted. Unless you're yeah. George Lucas and you're well, just going to keep remaking well, it. Well, even so, like, you cannot say it is wrong to interpret a piece of art this way yeah, death of yeah, the author yeah. is the author's intent is only what they intended whatever an audience takes away from it you know the the author's intent is dead once an audience starts interpreting yeah, it yeah, yeah, it yeah. does not mean what people have started using it is is uh Oh, oh, that person is putting money into the pockets of corporations that will take away people's rights but don't worry about it death of the author as long as we pretend they didn't make it Death of the author. The author's dead. We can enjoy it guilt-free. And it's it's 100% become mangled into... Uh, it's a phrase people have heard. I'll say it, and make that makes it sound like it's okay to guilt-free enjoy stuff made by bigots who profit off of you enjoying their stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, funny you mention that, because I have also heard today people talking about uh that video game that's coming out yeah yeah the one uh, yeah, yeah the, the shitty one yeah, yeah. With the shitty creator 
um, and, and other shitty creators seemingly connected at, at every level now. Yeah. Um, I heard uh, some someone saying that uh, there is no ethical uh, consumption under capitalism means the food I have to eat every day yeah. uh, and, you know, the things I require to live. Uh, yeah. Somewhere in the world, no matter how good I try and be, somewhere in the world someone is being hurt as a result yeah. of, of that thing. It doesn't mean, oh, well, I'm going to buy the shitty game that still actively hurts people and yeah. causes harm because I want to. I, I want to do it guilt-free. I yeah. want to believe that there's a way to feel no guilt. And, like, yeah. you know, the way you should be looking at these kind of decisions is... Can I steal it? I mean, there's that, and I fully support that. I think a big part of it is... there. It is fair to say that if you 100% all of the time are always 100% cognizant of every bit of harm that could come from every piece of media you consume or every food or drink you buy... It is a road to I can do nothing and enjoy nothing and it's overwhelming. Yeah. If you're going to make choices that are going to be harmful, I think the best way to do that responsibly is to minimise harm where you can and recognise that as long as you are trying to minimise harm and being cognizant, that is about the best you can do. And if you have to play some piece of media or consume some piece of media by some shitty creator steal it and don't give it the spotlight on social media to get that might convince other people to spend money on it mm. just quietly sit and play your stolen copy and you know that's about the the least harmful way you can do it you know yeah. just you know, minimize sure, all you can make sure as much as possible that uh the the people who are um you know who would stand a profit for it uh, get no profit exactly yeah uh, hug mate yeah, I could do with it. Yeah. <sighs> Good egg, mate. Good egg. Right, I'm, uh, I'm going to go put the kettle on. Oh, nice, nice. So. <gasps> We done a book. We done. We're working on a book. Yeah. We're doing a book. We, we, we're at the bit where we 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 were doing it again. We're we're, yeah. we're doing the edits. We did it. Now we're doing it a bit again. Yeah. We we gave it to someone and they said, "Have you thought about this?" And we've now got to go. Oh, that. Huh. Huh. I guess uh, so. Yeah. The fun of the fun of the various ed- editing stages of fiction. Yeah. And and this being my first editing stage of uh like. Taking the the constructive criticism and not immediately going, no, fuck you, you're wrong. It's very easy. My word, babies. It's very easy. You now understand the no, my precious word, babies, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a learning experience to get less precious about your word, babies. Absolutely. Um, but like, there's been some really good, valuable feedback and yeah, we're, we're yeah, working on stuff. I'm, and I'm, you know, happy with all of yeah. that. Yeah. Well, not all of it, but... Yeah, I mean... For the most part. Like, I've, I've seen far harsher development edits. Oh, yeah. We got, yeah. We got occasional headpats. Oh, yeah, we got occasional, like, multiple headpats in a row. Yeah. We did... We, oh, we did the quality of a rating, eh? Oh. Not bad for a couple of dyslexics. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, yeah, that's who has the whale. It's yeah. going to be out at some point in the future that we know, but we can't tell you, but yeah. we'll... we'll, we'll... You, you can pre-order it yeah. at unbound.com slash books slash whale. You should do that. You should do it. It's very good and it's getting better by the day it's gonna yeah. be un- unfeasibly good by the yeah. time you receive it oh you don't even Blow know oh
What about you? You've got another <gasps> book. I do. You've got Dysphoria Monster. I've got Dysphoria Monster. Monster and uh, you... Me and my Dysphoria Monster is coming out on August 18th, 2022 is the year. I had to check which year we were in there. Um, yes. Made it first time though. Yeah, I, I said it. I just didn't say it confidently. 22. 22 as I look over. <laughs> uh, it is an illustrated uh, children's book that seeks to be there to give language to children who may need language to talk about what they're experiencing or for adults who have children in their life who have questions about what they're experiencing and want to have child-friendly language to explain that and beautiful illustrations mm. and a reference guide for adults who may need to understand more complex terms to answer questions kids may have. So, yeah, August 18th, 2022. That's <laughs> like five months. In five months, it'll be out. Hell yeah. But it'll be over before we know it. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Um, Where can we find you? On the internet Oh yeah, Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon That's the one that pays the bills This is Laura K. Buzz in all the places What about you? Me? Me, who is I, who is I, who is me? Well, I can be found at streamerlinks.com Slash Janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C But my most important streamer link Is patreon.com Slash stonedmonkeyradio As little as a dollar a month You can help me justify my entire existence All the time I put in And Um, not play video games And and not listen to music And not do things I do the things to keep you happy (laughs) You the audience Not you the cutie that I'm sitting next to But I do it for you too Because I love you I love you Uh, yeah, as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a seventy-six hour work week, and 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 people, people, people have recently joined, and I very much appreciate that. We are, we are heading gently towards a whole thirty patreons, and I'm very excited. And that, uh, I think, then, then all that remains is for you to sing us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>